Hello, 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 people. Yeah, it is the Puff Puff Show. Yeah, we're back again. Um, yeah, we've got Professor X in the building. What's going sharp on? Guy, sharp guy, sharp guy, sharp guy. What's it up, man? I day live and kicking. Yeah, yeah, we've got a new guest in the house. Master L, what's going on? What's going on? Hello, people. Hello, people. Absolute honor. Absolute honor. You know, just to give the people, uh, you know, a brief about yourself, what you say, just give him a, a, you know, a little bit about who you are and, and what you're about, bro. So I'm Master L. What do I do during the day? I, I chase bad guys on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's it. On my way, wait, wait. You be police. It's the new age. It's the new age. You know, you, you can't be doing the whole Alopa thing, you know, and all that. So, uh, so you got to... What's Alopa for the people what do you mean by that, bro? Well, you know, back at home, you know, that's that's the police, you know, the guy with the baton, you know, probably oh, doesn't have a gun, dressed in a uniform, you know, coming to come and save the day. That's what I do. I, I save the day, but on the internet. Fantastic. You save the day. That, hmm. That's like that's like cyber, isn't it? That's like cyber well, policing, isn't it? Well, I'm just trying, I, need to, I need to dig into this a bit more because it sounds very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is very interesting. You'd be amazed at things that we find in very dark places on the internet. Uh, it's called a dark web, bro. It's lots of stuff going on there. Dark wow. web? Come on, wait. <laughs> <laughs> As you're talking, I'm just hearing buzzword. I said, guy, who is this person said? Master L. Mm-hmm. Master L. <laughs> wait till they master like that, man. <laughs> oh, nah, nah, but welcome, man. Welcome, man. Welcome. Nah, thank good, you, thank good, you. Good thank to you. have you. Good, good to fun. have you, man. Yeah, so yeah, going straight into, you know, our uh, topic for today, man. So we've talked about discussing the lessons from our fatherland, just to let the audience know that this is really about, you know, our heritage, you know, pretty much um, things that we normally do, that our parents would normally do, things that we get taught, you know, and it's just about the positives and negatives and looking at how that compares to where we currently are in terms of being... Mm -hmm. British and being in the Western world and what yeah. the Western world gives in terms of comparison as well, because what we find is a lot of the things that we grew up with in terms of heritage, in terms of learning, yeah. in terms of culture, sometimes we want to learn some of it. And sometimes we want to pick up the ones that are Western, but you, we need yeah. to have the balance. We need to understand what you should take and what you shouldn't be taking because, you know, some, sometimes people come into being British and all of a sudden you're starting to do things that are not really the way that you should be doing things. And yeah, just going straight into it, you know, one of the first things I think we we're talking was about was this thing about African or, you know, Nigerian parents or heritage people not allowing kids to actually become independent when they get to this adulthood, you know, scenario. And it's kind of like, you know, people could be in their 30s, even 40s and still living at home. Yeah, but then yeah. My, my thing is this, right? So taking a step back to the point you made about taking the best from both worlds or sort of looking at it from the perspective of what is it I would want my kids to know or take away from my upbringing? And then there's mm. also what didn't I have that I would want my kids to have and have in their upbringing or teach to their kids? What kind of customs and traditions do I want to create within my family? What kind of customs and traditions do I want to take from where I'm from? or from my family life and impart in the next generation. Yeah. So, for example, yeah. while well, you're, you're 18, you want the kids to move out. Where did that come from? You get it, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because for me, let's put it this way, I, I was independent from a young age. So I was okay. independent yeah. from yeah. possibly 19 plus. Obviously, that was me in England, you know, going college, 
you know, straight away I was already like in the working environment and all that kind of stuff. So I was used to paying my own rent, you know, okay. just do it, doing the yeah. normal stuff. When you learn that compared to how I grew up, which is a lot of the things that I grew up in Nigeria when I was in my early phase of my teenage life, everything mm. was done for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You had a driver, you had maids. So it was made. It, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying this alive, my friend. I'm telling Even you, till so, now, I'm, I'm, when I get a maid, that's when I know I've made it, bruv. That's, yeah. when, I, that's <laughs> when I know I have that arrived. Like, that's like the aspiration, right? This is like top of the thing, you know, you want to get that, you know, house and that situation where, you know, you've got people doing stuff for you. But I mean, just going back to what you said about the whole independence thing. And I think I remember back in the time when I was in university, you know, after the semester and stuff, you know, everyone wants to go home, right? And I'll be like, no, I want to stay back. I want to do some things. And, and the parents would be like, wait, wait, what's going on? You know, why aren't you coming home? Um, and I'm like, well, I've got stuff that I need to do. And they're like, what, why should you be there? And it's that whole concept that, you know, at the time you'll leave with your parents. So, you know, obviously they don't see you as that independent person, even though you've right. come to the edge. So even on that point, I was going to say, right, it's not just your own parents, but I remember I had a girlfriend at university, right? And in the summertime, during, like between semesters across the summer, I used to have jobs. I did everything, right? I was landscape gardening, working security, da 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 da, da just to save money so that next term I can save more of my student loan and I don't have to mm-hmm. spend too much on rent. But obviously I had to work enough to get rent money to make sure that I was okay across the summer. So certain semesters, like half term, I'd be there working or Christmas time, I go back early to get the New Year's double pay or across the summer, I'm not in London, right? So I had a girlfriend at the time and she, her family used to do a lot of barbecues and da 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 And I remember one time she called me, her dad took the phone. He was like, Professor X, why are you not here? You're supposed to be here, man. He's very, yeah. And I said, when did you invite me furthermore? And I said, oh, do you know what, sir? I'm sorry, but I'm working. You know that I told your daughter that da 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 and I almost had to have a back and forth for like five, 10 minutes explaining why I wasn't in London and he shouldn't yeah. expect me to see me at the family functions and da, 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 da. So it's not just your own parents that will expect you to be where they are during certain semester times or non-semester times. Other people, because of your age, they'll be like, oh, if you really cared about us, why are you not where we are? But it's not about that really, is it? It's more about, as you said, how are you trying to elevate? What are you trying to do with that time? And why don't you have the choice to make that choice, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because like what you're saying is actually a cultural mindset because the kids don't get allowed. And this is the thing, right? This is why it's very important for people today to make sure when you've got kids, you plan to have kids. When you get to that point, you need to start prepping them before that time, which is <laughs> you need to start letting them know, like, look, listen, when you're out there into that world, I'm going to let you do what you need to do because you're grown, right? But bear in mind that whilst you're doing that, you're going to be responsible for your own actions. And I think once they know that and they get to that particular point, it, it's kind of like all those kind of things that my mom used to say this to me when I was from young, as you lay your bed, so you lie in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she used to say that thing to me from like eight, eight nine, ten years old. Dude, did you used to lay your bed? <laughs> let's not even go there when you're a guy that wheeze on bed and you huh? have to lay bro yeah i was i was sorry i'm sorry to let you know, man, but i was i was let's always taking the lead go past that <laughs> 
was always taking the leak on the bed and my mom didn't find it funny. So yeah, she, she used to say that to me all the time. And I guarantee you, even as an adult right now, I remember that for the rest of my life because she would say that to you that as you lay your bed, that's how you're going to lie in it. So, and basically all that means is whatever you do, just remember that's how you're going to live with it. And, you know, when you've got like kids growing up, especially in this day and age, you've got to be able to allow them to experience what it's like being an adult, because I think there's an impact on how you have a proper man and how you have a proper woman. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because if you've got a youngin who doesn't actually understand how to go to work just because number one, you're telling him, well, listen, you've got to be in my house all the time. I'm going to give you money, blah, blah, blah. You know, same as female because the female ones, it's even probably even worse because they don't even let the females go out of the house, even at 30, 35. Imagine if you're like a a female, right? You want to have a friend come over. That's what they call a chaperoned date, right? That's a chaperoned uh, occasion. Do you know what I mean? But even to come back to that previous point of as you make your bed, so you will lie in it, right? I feel like that's one of the uh, examples of a good uh, aspect of Nigerian culture. Mm. And also one that I would like to leave in the past, but I can't get away from it because it's ingrained in me now. Do you know what I mean? It's cliche. And that's that's the westernized concept of it, right? Oh, it's so cliche to say a thing like, uh, how long is a piece of string? It's a cliche. But those sorts of parables, they came around for a reason. Nigerian culture, no matter where you're from, right, has always been very oral, which means people try to transfer wisdom in conversation. So parables like that, is an example of them trying to convey generations old wisdom in a way that you can think, ingest and internalize, right? So I used to hear a number of of different things. I don't know if you've heard this one. An elder sitting down can see something Mm -hmm. a young person standing up can't see. Even there's there's one I heard, which is um, one day will be one day when monkey go to markets and he don't come back. Don't come back. Explain, explain. Break that down for the audience so they understand what you're trying to say in terms of like parables. So, you know, basically, if you're talking about one day monkey goes to the market and doesn't come back. Marcel, do you know what that means? Can you explain that? I, do you remember so, what that means? So, you know, I, I've got a bit of experience with parables, you know, so... Uh, but, <laughs> Well, I, I think I think I used to hear that as well. And it was basically that, you know, at some point in time, whatever your actions are, uh, you have to bear the consequences, you know. So mm. it was the whole case of, OK, you know, you, you keep doing something, but at some point, you know, you're going to have to get away with it. Exactly. Yeah, you're not exactly. going to get away with it. Don't so. take it for granted, innit? Yeah, exactly. Or there was another one. Um, I, and this one, I liked what's, it. Just what's because... the monkey's got to do with the market? <laughs> That's the thing. Bro, it's Africa, isn't it? Like, I know, oh, man. <laughs> do you know when they said that? I used to think of Aladdin. Do you know what I mean? Like, where Aladdin yeah, used to yeah. send his monkey to the market. I was thinking... Uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one for the kids these days, you know? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's another one where they say, person where they wear white, no supposed to fight mechanic. And I was like... <laughs> that's a nice one. That's a nice one. <laughs> Bro, basically, if people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, throw stones, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. That's wow, the cliche, wow, wow. right? That's wow. a westernized cliche. But when you're here and you hear it, people in glass houses, oh, yeah, that's so profound. Oh, my gosh. But that wisdom has come from before they even had tarred roads to get it. Yeah. It's Talking kind of- about that, you know, in terms of the wisdom that comes from those parables, you know, sometimes you actually find yourself when you're making decisions now, you know, you're rooted in some of those things that you had before. It kind of gives you a bit of 
actually, you know what, I need to really think about this because this action could have consequence, you know, and then, you know, you start having echoes, you know, from those uh, parables that you've heard before. And it makes a lot of sense. On that point, right, there's one that always, always, for me, over the years, I've been I've been deep in it and thinking about it continuously. And it has so many different permutations that probably weren't even considered by the first person who said it to me. And it's uh, charity begins at home. Every change that you want to see in this world starts from you. If you take it a step further, right, it speaks to a couple of episodes ago, we talked about changing your mindset and manifesting the world around you based on the things that generate from your mind first, right? And if you deep it in that angle, charity begins at home. Anything you want to exist in the world must first exist in your mind. It's not just about money. Do you understand? There's so many different ways you can consider this thing. Leading by example, charity begins at home. Mm. If you want someone else to do it, you two have to do it. Do you understand? There's so many different ways, bro. And that's, that's very key. Honestly, listening to what you just said and just taking on the point of Master L's personal development and that is very key because what we're talking about is really what you build the next generation on from home 100 do you know what i mean and 100%. i know we live in societies these days that you know you're not actually in control of your children because you, yeah. you know social services and that but to be honest with you everything begins at home because take for instance we're talking about you know not allowing your kids to be independent and mm-hmm. you know not letting them to experience life and be responsible if you take it on the flip side, being British, a lot of the times you'd have kids who are already older, but mm. the parents have to charge them for rent. <laughs> they don't have to, bro. They just <laughs> they want to. <laughs> well, well, but that's what I'm saying. That's, that's a cultural thing. They see nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I was having a conversation with someone the other time, and you know the difference with that? In Africa, it don't really mm. matter whether you're poor, you're rich, you're mid-class. It don't really matter, right? Mm. No one charges you for nothing. Yeah. Mm. If you need to sleep in the house, you're going to sleep mm. on the floor. It has mm. nothing to do else. with... It was just that community mindset of, you yeah. know, you're one of us, we're family. So if we're family, if 10 people are sleeping in one room, everyone's going to sleep in that room. If yeah. you're not comfortable, then find somewhere else for yourself. But now what you get in the British lifestyle, this is why I don't really think like a lot of these things, when you come from our heritage, you shouldn't really allow your kids to kind of like carry that on because it takes away that whole family responsibility part of it. You know, obviously there are other scenarios where your kids might need to tuck in because parents are not, you know, earning enough money to pay the bills and all that. That's a different scenario. You know, you understand that scenario, but a lot of the time from the British side of things, they're not looking at it from that perspective. You know, it's pretty much if you're going to be living in a house, you know, you're going to pay the bills, you're going to pay this, you're going to pay that. The thing about that is when you do that, you take away that whole responsibility thing. Because for me, when I was like 19 plus, I had to flat share. You know, it wasn't like I had my own flat or anything, but I understood the responsibility of going to work and knowing that I had to pay for what I lived do you yeah. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was very early on. So which means I was very familiar with looking for jobs even whilst going to college. So I was already responsible from an early age, which was a kind of like a culture shock for me, considering that I came from a background where you had drivers, you had all these different things. Yeah. And that's the thing I'm talking about in terms of building better men and better women in the society. Mm. You have to let them go out there. Obviously, as parents, you're still going to be protective. You're still going to look after them, but you don't want to make them feel lazy 
and make mm. me feel like any time I'm going to turn up at home and my parents are going to do rare, rare, rare. Or else, you know, when they then become fathers or like spouses and all that, they take that into their relationships. Let me present a, a counterpoint to that, right? Imagine we're teaching them, cool, we need that Nigerian hustle. Boys, got to hustle. Yeah. Uh, money never stop. You understand? Fine. You want to go out and get that money. What about when you lose your childhood, you know? Because you've been hustling from young, maybe mm. before even 1980. Yeah. And because you need to support your family, you don't have the option. So you have to keep hustling, hustling, hustling. You never really had the time to necessarily enjoy yourself, but to learn who you are, to grow as a person, to experience new things. Because I'm taking it for granted that all of us went to university and had that opportunity, right? During that time, we had chance to work if we wanted to work. Or maybe we had the drive to say, I'm going to work because some people don't have the opportunity to mm. even go to university because from early, boys got to hustle. Yeah. And that mentality comes from Nigeria, right? Where people are, you know, they're living sometimes hand to mouth. Payment doesn't come from your job for two, three months because salary is a joke out there, right? So you have to do to get by to support the family. When you bring that mentality to this country and you start charging your young ones rent, Maybe they are working. Maybe they are industrious. Maybe they have dedicated themselves to gaining and earning and, and elevating themselves. They get their first salary. And I mean, the, the Nigerian mindset is all of that money should go to your parents. So you, you've now yeah, worked yeah. for a whole month and that money disappears. Yeah. So you're now a month in a rear as if you don't have bills. Do you understand? Yeah. Like, sometimes it becomes too punitive to the point where it's stifling. Do you know what I mean? It's the difference between governmental aid and a startup loan. Depending on the interest rates for both, if you're saying this is a grant, take it and build yourself. Versus this is a loan, I'm expecting my money when it's due. You have different scopes for what you can do with it and how you feel like you can benefit from it. Do you understand the point I'm trying to make? Right? Yeah, Prof, yeah, Prof yeah. X just dropping some wisdoms there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I think what you're saying is absolutely right, though. And, and it's, it's how can we get that balance where we can merge those two strong you know, cultures and that creates mm. the character. Uh, in what we want to see in the generation coming behind. That's kind of really important. I think, you know, even that sort of, okay, you've got to contribute something at home. It may not actually even be money, right? It could just mm. be, you've got to bring something to the table, right? Okay, there, you know, stuff around the house that needs to be done, you know. You know, you can almost put that whole culture of, do you know what, I need to be playing my part. And, and actually, as we're mm. talking about this, it, it made me remember another culture shock thing, especially when I first came to the UK. And that's the one about, mm. you know, when you go out, you know, everyone chips in, you know, into like, you know, food and stuff. I don't know if you had that mm. kind of experience. Let's not even go there. <laughs> Continue. You you just go on. You just go on. So so let me let me let me be hibernating right so, now. So so I, I I remember right when I first came to the UK right and a friend of mine was like oh yeah I'm having my birthday party you know so so come and join and you know how it is back there you know you know I was thinking right food drinks everyone having fun so I I I showed up you know as you do you turn up you know ready to have fun uh, and we actually this was in a restaurant. And of course, I didn't know that, you know, the way you do things around here is that everyone chips in. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, the celebration, not pay, right? Exactly. So, you know, I'm like, you know, the time to order the food. But, but in my mind right now, going back to like things that you learn, you know, from being very young. So my mom used to do this thing, right? Before you go anywhere, you've got to eat food. 
right? So you're not just looking. Ah, yeah, you're yeah, not, yeah, You're yeah, not yeah. looking hungry where you go. So, so luckily, right, I had had something, so I wasn't, you know, completely hungry. Um, so I was modest in my selection. So, but of course, when, yeah. when the bills came, right, I was really Can't shocked. Say, it was modest. <laughs> Your pocket was leaking. Just, just tell us the truth. That's true, though. That's true, though. I think I only had about ten pounds in my Bro. pocket there. Oh, so keep going, keep going. So, so obviously, when the, when it came, you know, time to foot, you know, in the square of the bill, you know, they were like, everyone has got to contribute, and I was like, wow, okay. I looked at the bill, and if they had split that thing, you know, evenly, that could have been like twenty bucks, you know, right? And I'm thinking, okay, I'm like, okay, you know, I might need to wash a place here, you know, because. Uh, <laughs> Wash plates, <laughs> but but luckily someone said, though, okay, you know what? Uh, let's split it according to what we ate, and which was okay. a sigh of relief for me. But I mean, I was completely shocked about that, you know, because you know, back yeah. home, right? You know, whoever calls the the party, you know, provides all the entertainment, including the food, drinks, and all that. But that's the difference, right? Because over there, we want to show that we have it's opulence in it. I have the means to make this happen. Don't worry about it. Just calm. It's all on me, right? Versus here where it's like, even if I have money, even if I'm driving Mercedes, even if I'm wearing Rolex, you must carry your own weight because <laughs> there's no such thing as a free ride, yeah, right? But, well, you know, talking about, you know, let, let me just, because this thing, honestly, has been a big bugbear for me, right? Okay. Because why, I think when you do it from like culturally, the whole idea is, again, it's all about communion. It's all about family. So yeah, yeah. when you come down, you take and eat whatever that person has got to offer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. So if the person hasn't got money, then you don't get invited for a party. You know, it's as simple as that. But what you get is like, you know, Master O was saying, you go to somewhere. I'll give an example. So I was working somewhere years ago and we were having this uh, Christmas lunch thing right they booked this thing in a nice you know posh restaurant and that mm -hmm. and i was so busy that i couldn't leave the office early enough to get to the restaurant yeah. right so by the time i got to the restaurant they'd already had the starters so i'd missed on the starters so then you had the mains yeah the only thing on the mains that i could have was this venison which is kind of like a, a lamb meat type of, you know, steak, whatever type of meal. Yeah. And it was very, very little with like some mashed potato on the side. Right. <laughs> so I had bad experience in the fact that I asked for it to be well done. It came, it was still bloody. Ah, right? there you go. <laughs> I sent, sent it back. Right. This guy went, came back, it was still bloody, sent it back. So I was already frustrated. Right. So anyway, I had my thing. Then you had dessert. The thing on the dessert, there was nothing in there. Bearing in mind, <laughs> I knew I had very little money, bro. So I didn't ask for no drinks apart from water. <laughs> now you had people busting bottles of like champagne, wine yeah. and brandy. In my head, I'm thinking, obviously, this is going to be done according to what you've had. That's not the case, bro, because culture here is you split it equally. So the bill comes and this bill comes to about 40 quid. I've missed my startup. <laughs> I've been frustrated. You're hungry. My mates. Bro, I'm like really not happy at this point. So I start, <laughs> oh man, I start complaining. I start telling everyone. And do you know what? Everyone in that place started looking at me like, dude, why are you being stingy? Why are you being like yeah. difficult? And I'm thinking to myself, come on, this is common sense. I had no wine, no champagne. If I'd known, I probably would have taken a glass or two or whatever 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But it seems to be the same because it wasn't the only time that I had that experience. I've had that experience a few times where I've had to ask the question like, come on, surely you need to pay according to, you know, it's a different thing if the bill's not different across the table. But <laughs> I think it's so unfair when you have one person eating God knows how many. Because at the end of the day, like for me, I'm a foodie. I might as well uh, just go there and just eat as much as I like, knowing fully well I've got only 10 quid in my pocket. Does that yeah, make sense? It, it does, yeah. it does. And I, and I think, you know, especially when you, you're coming from a different dynamics, you know, because obviously we, we love to enjoy ourselves in Nigeria. I mean, you go to a party, right? You know, the celebrant, you know, has got everything knocked out. You know, you go for a wedding, you know, everything is all laid out. You know, you just come show, uh, you know, and, and appreciate, you know, the gathering of everyone. Uh, but obviously here it's, it's uh, very different. I get what you mean in terms of, you know, the people who, you know, might want to do a, bit, a little bit more in terms of being excessive, you know, be in, in the ordering and stuff. And then everyone having to foot the bill and people not being accountable. Right. And it kind of goes back to what we we're saying, you know, being accountable for your actions, you know, and, and, and things like that. I can totally relate with that. So on top of that, you get the guys who actually charge you for coming to their party. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't attend those functions unfortunately. Bro, nah, there's no way I'm attending it, but I'm I'm gonna tell you, look, look, listen, I don't even care if you're my brother or whatever. If you're you, you know, <laughs> hold your party, maintain yourself where you did. Do you know what I'm saying? Honestly, because what you get is you know, I'll give you an example. My little boy had a birthday party years ago, right? I was doing barbecue, you know, you know, as usual, everything, you know, just you know, getting the chicken ready, everything. Obviously, a lot of our friends and mates and that, you had a lot of our Caucasian friends in there. And people were so standoffish because in their mind, they kind of thought we we're going to ask them to pay for the chicken. Yeah. So, what? yeah, we had to go around getting people to come and eat. Like, no, 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 it's free. Come and have some food because in their head, um... they just couldn't believe that you're serving jollof rice for free, serving popcorn for free. You've got an ice cream machine. You're serving this big, nice chicken for free. And for me, I just kind of said, you know, this is one of the things that you learn from where we're from. Yeah. That it's a key part of how you actually commune with other people. Like if I don't mm. have the money, then I'm not inviting people to where I am. Rather than ask people to, you know, come, I prepare the food yeah. and start telling you it's 15 pound a head. I wouldn't do that. It's not like a major like restaurant where you're doing like a fancy party and that. This is just uh -huh. at a hall somewhere, which I've kind of put up and then I'm asking everyone to bring a 10 and 20 quid. So yeah, that one really gets to me. And it's one thing I definitely know from where I'm from, I'll definitely keep that bit of, you definitely provide, you know, for your guest if you can. But on the flip side, to add to that, I think one thing I've learned is when you do go to people's party, one of the British things I've learned is when you do go to people's party, you can bring like a drink, like a bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah. Do you know I mean? In fact, yeah. you should, because let's be honest, yeah, we're, the times we're in, the economy that we're standing in, bro, some people's pocket is not the same yeah. as it used to be, yeah? Mm. In terms of being able to provide crates on, on top of crates of, of Guinness and Stout mm. and Gouda and mm. all of those things, those days may, may be beyond us. And not just because people's pocket can't support, but at least where's the supply coming from? Because we, we know that times are austere at the moment, yeah. right? So if we're going to continue this thing and we're trying to foster that community spirit, then as you said, it should be BYOB. 
bring your own bottle or whatever, <laughs> bring your own crate, bring stuff. You know what I mean? Support the function. That doesn't mean that whoever's throwing a party can, you know, be wild. Uh, sit on bro, yeah, bro, you, you know, you what and mean? all these your acronyms. <laughs> Ah, Omo, this thing a popular something, or not a question me again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But no. Yeah, like, you're 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 very right, Prof. Prof. Go ahead, X. Go I think I think you're you're absolutely right. I think we do all also need to recognize the times uh, that we're moving into, and there is a lot to be gained from that solidarity, you know, and showing support, mm. you know, for people even mm. in during celebration. Uh, you know, bring a gift, mm. you know. Because that's one thing we don't do, mm. right? You know, you yeah. <laughs> you go you go to somewhere, and, yeah. you know, sometimes you go for a wedding and, and no one is even taking a gift. You know, everyone is just there to eat the food. People <laughs> bring their nylon bag. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, the gift is your entry ticket. If you know they carry wrapping, Wakadi go house, my friend, then you come. I spent about 10, 15 grand so I can feed your belly twice. If you're doing traditional, doing white wedding. You can't even bring a small gift card from Amazon. You're mad. I'm telling you. <laughs> but that's a good point because, again, for me, I learned that quite quickly that it's actually, you know, it's a conscious thing to yeah. do. Like when you're going mm. somewhere for a party mm. that you've invited to, yeah, bring a bottle of wine, you know, bring a bottle of something. Just bring something. Do you know what I mean? That would be on the negative side from what we're used to where people just turn up barehanded, mm. bring absolutely nothing. All they're coming with is an empty stomach. Is coming to feed and, and opinions, yeah. Yeah, I feel like for me though, like the one thing that I definitely would want my my kids to take forward is that diligent work ethic uh, and that mindset that nothing is for mm. granted. Even in education, right? You are the gatekeeper to your own success. Make sure that you drive forward whatever it is you're trying to achieve to build the tomorrow that you want. Right? For you, your family, your friends, whoever. But the one thing that I probably want to leave behind, or not necessarily hold on to so dearly is not necessarily the concept of respect, but the concept mm. of, of perceived slighted slights. You know what I mean? Like, oh, how can you talk to me like that? Do you not respect me? Oh, you didn't greet me. You don't respect me. It's like, at the end of the day, respect can be shown in many different ways, right? But respect is a two-way street in the sense that if I'm going to demand respect from you, I have to conduct myself in a way that commands respect. And that is in all things, in my dealings with other people, in my speaking to people and about people, and in the way that people speak about me. If you meet somebody and everybody that you knows them, reveres them in a particular light, for example, Barack Obama, right? The way that people talk about Barack Obama, you wouldn't dare in your wildest dreams when you meet him disrespect him. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. So if you have been subject to disrespect, you have to start questioning yourself first because charity begins mm. at home. You know what? I was just going to say something there, you know, when you were talking about that. You know, here, here's something, though, because I, mm. I do have, you know, uh, a couple of friends from sort of the Yoruba, you know, tradition back in Nigeria where, you know, they get their kids to prostrate um, when, when you come into ah. their house and stuff like that. I kind of ah. like that, but I mean, I, I mean, I'd like to hear what, I'd like to hear what <laughs> you say, you know. Uh, you think about that though, in terms of the whole concept of respect for elders and things like that. You can convey respect for elders, right? But then, again, it depends on your leaning. If you're leaning more towards the Nigerian end, that to you might just be, ah, now, this and well, well, that's good home training. If you're leaning towards more the Western end, it could be, well, you know, what's it going to do to their psyche and their sense of self-worth? Do you know what I mean? Like, But to me, it just gives me reminiscences of the sound of music. Do you remember when the colonel had all of his guests come around and then the kids had to come from their bedroom singing song and dancing yeah. down the stairs? It's like, ah, <laughs> They're your children. They're not puppets. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion. Isn't it? <laughs> no, but you know, the thing is with that one, it's a chicken and egg situation. 
Right. Yeah, agree. And, and the reason I say that is some cultures don't have that bit. I think with the Yoruba culture, it's one of the cultures that you definitely identify as this big respect thing. My mom's Yoruba, but if I'm being okay. honest, when you get to an adult, that thing means absolutely nothing. Why? Because you can still get disrespected even though someone's laying down on the floor and saying hello to you or greeting. Agreed. Right? Agreed. So it depends on what you're really trying to achieve in giving a child that. What I would say mm. the bare minimum would be is as an individual, you need to learn to greet because one of the things I've noticed here as a mm. culture is people don't greet. Like you can walk into a place or, you know, the office or whatever, you see kids mm. and they can't even say, you know, good morning. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They just walk past you, even like grown up colleagues, you know, we just blank you. And mm. I started realizing, because for me, growing up with a culture where you have to greet someone first thing in the morning when you're seeing them, like, hello, yeah. what's up? There has to be some form of greeting. I found it very difficult initially when I just see people and they can't even like say hello, you see kids and the kids just run past you and you're like, did you not see me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, no manners. And that's one thing I think of the cultural part of greeting that you get put into you that you need to have the manners to at least be able to say hello, acknowledge who's in front of you. But I get with the other bit that you're talking about in terms of some people saying, how would you speak to me like that? I think once you become an adult, right, people yeah. need to treat you yeah. as an adult. That's basically how I see it. But yeah, guys, it's been a lovely chat. It's been a lovely conversation. And I hope, you know, our audience have picked one or two Trust things. Me. There are a few pops in there, you know, just to make them mm-hmm. think about, yeah, the good things that we should be keeping and the things that, you know, we shouldn't be from our fatherland. Yes, man, it's been good. It's been good as usual. Yeah, we're always having a chat. Guys, it's been very great. I just want to say thank you for those that, you know, subscribe so far. Please, if you have it, please subscribe to the podcast on any of the platforms that allow you to do so we can improve and stuff. That would be great. Also, link us up on our social media, uh, Instagram, the Puff Puff Show. That would be be great. That would be great. And until next time. The kitchen is open, guys. Make sure to come and chop.